anyone in the mood for some tacos? How about pizza? It's a one-stop shop here in Jackson. Decor is a bit outdated. Prices are reasonable. Not too terrible. But it's nothing to lose your head over. Welcome to Monsters of the Midwest. like a good Yelp review to get us started on this journey of a fucked up tale, huh? I know, I know. Bitches love a Yelp review. Well, I mean, I don't yeah. know. At least the boomers do, right? Are we allowed to say that since we're millennials? I don't give a fuck. Whatever. <laughs> right. I need to know if there's quality stuff at this establishment. Right. I mean, I don't know if I've ever looked up a restaurant review, but definitely like clothes shopping for sure. So I can appreciate a good review. Yeah. But um, we are about to read one of, well, not yours anymore, now that you sold your house, um, one of the neighboring states that we just, you know, us Ohioans just love to talk about. Um, oh, yeah. We're going we're gonna to spend a couple episodes in uh, the whole state of Michigan, and we're going to read them for filth, and I am so excited about it. Uh, yeah. Good yeah. old Michigan. Right. So when you hear the word Michigan, what comes to mind? What's the first thing that comes to mind to you? Uh, the University of Michigan. It always, always the first thing. Barf. Which I will say is a really nice <laughs> campus. Ann Arbor's really nice. It is. It, it is. It's a nice it little, is. like, you know, um, hipster type, you know, let's crew, like walk around town type yeah. thing, rent a bike. I mean, that's cute. I like that. I can appreciate that. Um, nice and gentrified. Right. Um, we got a Trader Joe's there. I mean, they got all the, you know, all the little hipster shit. I appreciate that. But all, all the millennial essentials. Exactly. <laughs> For me, you know, the first thing, I mean, lots of things come to mind with Michigan. Bad water. I mean, shitty roads, shitty roads. Once you hit that border, it's terrible. Ford, an even shittier football team than their roads. Sorry. Um, all my <laughs> all, all my fucking exes. Uh, Eminem, positive there. Uh, I, I mean, I, I literally could list a whole fucking mess of things. But today we're going to talk about a little town. That's kind of, I mean, you know, little in comparison to like Toledo, but bigger comparison okay. to like Old Defiance, where I'm from. Uh, <laughs> it's called Jackson for any of those who uh, have ever been there. Um, decent sized town, you know. Um, but one thing there is about Jackson, I mean, they, they have little like eclectic things like i mean they got their popeyes they got their you know GameStop. they got all their little like essentials they got a kroger all that family you know mm -hmm. shops but they had a pizza and taco joint there i mean this isn't like kfc and fucking you know what is it a and w i mean this is pizza and tacos i mean that could be the, the that could, all all american that could be you know <laughs> every pothead's fire joint right there if done correctly but well we're going to talk about whether or not that was done correctly so for our og fans uh from our old podcast yes i did cover this case before it was our very first live episode uh but with age comes wisdom it comes you know fermentation and like growth right and that's how i like to look at my work um like a flower right so it was good it was good but it was not as good what I'm going to bring today. Um, like a fine wine, you know, aged at a higher level of perfection. I've got court case documents. I've got more, <laughs> more shit to pack in my pocket for today. Uh, and I'm also not going to fumble over all my fucking words because I'm in my very first live video episode. Yes, we're not going to do that. Ever. God, that yeah. was terrible. That, it, was, it was fun. While we were doing it, but it was still very nerve wracking because one, Facebook Live sucks ass. I mean, we're just going to call it like we see it. If you don't have a super awesome connection, it's terrible. Two, Two we were in the woods on an island, like at Putin Bay. Right. I'm, you know, in the fucking dark most of the time. So that was fun trying to read the fucking notes when it was, oh God. And the bugs are flying everywhere. It was a pain in the ass. Right. The computer just. <laughs> Like, brought all the bugs there with the light. 
Yes. Yeah. And I tried to turn down the screen and it was like a whole mess. And so the one thing I will say before we get started, we're not going to do the socials thing anymore. So we have them. We're just not going to constantly tell you that we have them because we're out there. If you want to look for us, we we are out there. We, we did make a, tw- a Twitter, finally, the shitty millennials that we are. But listen, but listen, let's let's just show our appreciation to all of our listeners. We know that we can conduct an FBI style investigation to find your ass on any type of socials that there is. And we have trust in you guys that you guys can do that, too. We're out there. Yeah, we're not private. You can find us. Yes. All you have to do is just type us in. Yeah. And um, you can tag us on Twitter and all that fun stuff. The second thing I was going to say is um, literal ghosts were stopping us from recording earlier. We were having technical difficulties and then our phones wouldn't work. So it was a giant, like, weird situation we had going on just now. Yeah. Well, I mean... Literal ghosts live in my, they, they reside in my home. I mean, I live in an old farmhouse and it's 100% true. But, <laughs> you know, it happens. So, uh, circling back, if it's your first time here, right. welcome. And you will not be disappointed with this case because this case is fucking bananas. It's about as bananas as starting a yeah. pizza and tacos joint. Okay. I mean, <laughs> right. let's be honest. Our story starts off with an average, you know, nice, um, happy couple from Jackson. So we're going to start with Kevin Lloyd Arts, who from this point forward, we're going to call him Kip because that's what he likes to be called is Kip. Obviously, Kip's Tacos is his business. The business. The business. So his wife is named Patricia, but she likes to be called Patty. It's nice and simple. Yeah. Kip and Patty. All right. They got married in 1987. And they found each other after they both had, like, a long string of shitty relationships. They were both, you know, had failed marriages. They both had um, Mm -hmm. kids with a previous marriage. Well, I know Patty does. I didn't see anything about Kip. But you know what I mean? Like, they finally found happiness in their 30s. It was was great. You know, things were looking up. They started their own business. Happy, solid in their marriage um, for about 12 years, you know. They... Wow. Um, were really public about their, you know, vacations they went on. They were, I mean, Patty talked to her family all the time and just bragged about how, like, happy she finally was to find somebody that, you know, was on even keel ground with her. And it was so refreshing, you know? Yeah. By all accounts, like, they really enjoyed the life that they had built after going through so much bullshit, basically. I mean, I don't... Turmoil. Turmoil, you know, headaches, all that shit. So, like I said, they opened up their own restaurant together. It's called Kip's, uh, Kip's Pizza and Tacos. And it is a a little building, which is now, oh, I don't know. As of a year ago, it was a chiropractor. <laughs> and we are actually going to post a picture oh. of me when I was there uh, for you guys to see. But um, what it is, it's kind of like a little, you know, business with an apartment attached to the back at this point in time in, in 87. Yeah. So it's like a long building. Right, right. It's not super wide, but it's super long. It goes back into like double property. So they have this, mm-hmm. you know, nice little, you know, uh, business. But I mean, anybody that's ran a business or uh, has a significant other they decide to conduct business with, you know, you work, you play, you do everything together and then you can't escape anything. For me, that sounds fucking terrible. I mean, it sounds like an actual nightmare. Yeah, I never want to be a part of like and and I will say Sebastian and I, my boyfriend and I, we work at the same plant, but we do not work in the same area in close quarters. There's no fucking way in hell. But also you have a house that's big enough to where you guys have your own space to go. You know what I mean? Like it's there's separation there. You aren't like you aren't like working in the back half of. Or you're not, like, living in the back half of where you work. <laughs> you know what I mean? In a mom-and-pop no. shop. Like, yeah. Eh, yeah, I can't I can't imagine. So in 19... 19- yeah, in 1999, they decided to have a huge fucking party. A huge family gathering. They had both sides of their family oh. there. Right. And everybody was laughing, enjoying the party, enjoying the company. It seemed like a genuine, like, you know, solid, good, happy time. They had a little barbecue. We love a barbecue in the Midwest, you know? Yeah, always. But a few weeks after that, Patty decides, like, she just, 
can't hold it anymore. She's going to start letting the bitch train go to her sisters, you know, as you should bitch to your, you know, your closest people. And for her, that was her sisters. She called her sisters every single day. She told them like everything, you know, I mean, they were super, super close. And she started to let it out that she's feeling a little weary about their finances. She's thinking that things aren't going so good. You know, and her sisters are calling her out. Well, you just had that big party. And she goes, I know, but Kip really wanted it. And I tried to make him happy, but I'm starting to be I'm starting to get worried because now I'm seeing things like, you know, bills come in. Things are on paper. Uh, His medical health is not doing so well. Like he's, you know, having to go see the doctor. And, you know, anybody that works at a mom and pop or knows small businesses, you don't have fucking health care. You I mean, this is 1999. They didn't have like you know, Obamacare, none of that shit. Like you didn't, you didn't fucking have healthcare. They obviously were making too big of a living to get Medicaid or like assistance. Obviously I'm from Ohio, so I don't know how Michigan works exactly, but I do know that it was said that they didn't have healthcare and that with his health problems that are going to, I'm going to talk about, that's a lot of stress, like a lot of stress shit that I, I can imagine. Financial draining, draining you financially just from that medical bills are insane. Yeah. So um, it was not there like long after they had their party, their gigantic, you know, backyard barbecue. Right. Like a block party almost. Right. Right. But in the back. Yeah. In the back part of it. Damn. Kip finds out like he just went in for one of his checkups. You know, he finds out that he has to have some major surgery, that he has a blood clot, like bleeding in his brain. Like, so this isn't like we can't set up things like you have to have surgery right now. Major operation. Come in right now. You're not being released type thing. And right. so in June of that year, he gets admitted, like like I said, after his checkup appointment, and he goes right into surgery to have this blood clot removed. When he was released, now he was released two days after. This is major oh brain surgery. They cut his his skull open brain, you know, to release the pressure. I mean, this was a big thing. Now, it was a like... A routine surgery so it wasn't like a difficult one i guess from what i read okay um yeah so, so i mean it was it was a good solid procedure super expensive but regardless like you can't just have your head chopped open and then leave two days later you know what i mean and like you can't yeah. just slap a band-aid on that and think that that's all right absolutely not and and what's even crazier about that is like it, what hospital was that and where's that review? Because I do not want to go there. Um, well, you know, funny you should say, because I did pull, I did find the court documents and it was in there and I don't, I didn't write it down. So, uh, ah, yeah, I know. Fucking Michigan, I suppose. Just kidding. Um, but <laughs> he was, okay. So just a little backstory. Kip's sister is actually um, an RN, re- uh, registered nurse, and she had worked in that field for basically her whole adult life. So, She's in the in there for him to get discharged. And she's like, oh, this doesn't seem right. Like, this doesn't seem like he has had enough recovery time. He's not acting right. No, he's slurring his words. He's seeming a little off. And then it wasn't until Patty came um, because she was trying to, like, deal with things at home. And she finally got things ready, you know, for him to come and have the recovery at home. So she shows up and he doesn't know who Patty is at all. And oh my god, right? And, terrifying, and right? yeah. And Kip's sister was like, uh uh-uh. uh, no, 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 like that's the love of his life, that's his world. Like, he doesn't know who she is, hell no, like we need to stay here. And they basically said, Well, you, sir, can fuck off because you have no insurance, so you got 48 hours and then you gotta, yes, go. You know, this room is getting held with somebody Damn. else. Um, yeah, you know what, they do that in scrubs. If they have insurance, you treat them. If they don't, you show them the door. Right. And it's like, oh, my God. And as Kip was, like, being escorted out or whatever with his sister, he had zero idea of where he was. And he didn't know who his wife oh, was. Terrifying. His wife of 12 years, you know, he, nothing. He didn't, I mean, he knew who his sister was, obviously. But, like, I mean, that's just, there was a lot going wrong. Like, it didn't, it didn't mesh well at all. Okay? So we're not in a really good situation. No. You know, this was this surgery was an emergency surgery. It wasn't like it wasn't planned out. It wasn't like uh, you know, this is this shit's going wrong, so we need to be proactive and, you know, have this removed. This was an explosion yeah. blood clot thing. Okay. So we, Yeah, an aneurysm. Right. So we 
let's circle back just a little bit and talk about their finances. Because like I said, Patty was, you know, bitching a little bit about the finances, kind of screaming for help in her own way to her sisters. Mm. So what her family didn't know is that the business was going awry. Okay, they there there was increase in food costs. There was a lot of extra bills that they didn't you know, I mean, this is a small business. They're learning. It hasn't been open that long, Mm -hmm. but they're finding out like, you know, there's increases of things, you know, whatever inflation. It it fucking happens. Right. Well, yeah, it does happen. Kip wasn't telling her any of this. So this was all a surprise. And, you know, if you're in a long term relationship, you know, you don't fucking like surprises, not financial ones, especially. No, that's a bad surprise, sir. Right. So not only that, but the day that she found out about this surprise was the day of their barbecue when he had he had spent over two grand on extra shit (sighs) of food for this barbecue that they didn't have. Kip, why? Yeah. So Kip's Kip's out here bullshitting. And then so they're trying to find out how they can make their ends meet because they can't lose their restaurant. This is their fucking house. This is where they live. Like their restaurant and their house are are two in one, you know, like literally everything. So she's got all that on her on her plate right now. Um, Then we have emergency Mm -hmm. surgery with no insurance. And now he's a wackadoodle getting sent back home. Doesn't know who the fuck she is. (gasps) So great situation for Patty here. All right. Yeah, sounds wonderful. Where do I sign up? Right. So we're going back to they're bringing him home. And there was another thing that I didn't mention earlier. So during all these financial things, Kip decided to go and get himself take care of his mental health because obviously he's hiding all these secrets from his wife. And, you know, the fact that he's put all his money and stuff into this house slash business and now it's all deteriorating and he, you know, I mean, there's there's a mental breakdown there, you know, I mean, and we're all we're all about, you know, taking care of your mental health. So he went and he got himself on Prozac for a while and it was working well for him, which that's great. That's fantastic. However. Anybody that knows anything about antipsychotics, you can't go off of them cold turkey. That's not how they fucking work. Uh, No. So emergency surgery. They took him off his meds cold turkey. Not good. Not good. Not good. Um, That's going that's going south very quickly. Extremely quickly. And so they cut him off his meds, this and that. He's going home traumatic brain surgery i mean we're just painting the picture it just is this man is not mentally stable in a brain fog doesn't know who his wife is withdrawal from meds i mean he's probably terrified yeah this is literally the like least premium situation they could ever be in so friends and relatives say that even after multiple days of him being home so it's been about a week it shit's just still not right He's just, he's acting real different. He's real different. You know, he seems kind of lackadaisical when he's out, like, taking care of the yard or or changing the trash out front of the business. It's just, it's just weird. I don't know. Like, a lot of the neighbors just said it just was weird. That was, like, the collective word that they used. So, now they're, you know, they've been home for a little while. And... Now everything's starting to catch up. Bills are starting to come in. More and more bills. Right. They don't stop. And yeah, and Kip is not mentally capable of having an adult conversation with his wife about the financial situation. What does Kip do? He to, he decides to smoke his fucking gourd out uh, with weed uh, every fucking day since the day he walked home from his surgery. And he will not stop. Will oh. not stop. So. We have nothing wrong with with smoking a little ganja here. Um, But the fact is is that his wife did not like it and asked him to please not do that. And also asked where the fuck are you getting the money for this? Because we have none. Like, where is our money? You can't use a credit card to buy fucking the devil's lettuce, sir. Um, (laughs) I mean, right. Like, where where are you pulling this money out of your ass? So the more that he, you know doesn't take care of the restaurant, doesn't mow the lawn in the restaurant, doesn't change the trash, doesn't pay the fucking bills. 
anybody that's been in a, a shitty uh, relationship knows that that shit just starts to add up. And, you know, you just... It's piling up. It's really piling up. At that time, Patty is, you know, finding her safe spot and she is venting to her sisters and venting to her dad and saying, like, I don't want to ask for help, but I'm fucking struggling. This is terrible. Like, can you guys get him out of here or something? I need a breather. You know, I'm. Yeah. So they. I also forgot to mention. This is a key point. I apologize. I was not even reading my notes. I was just telling the story how I know it. So I apologize. Um, so yeah. this party that he had, right? Um, okay. That he spent all this, you know, two grand on that they didn't have. So he decided to go and support another small business to buy the food for it. Okay. Uh, a local farmer, which okay. there's no fucking farmers in Jackson. I don't know where the fuck he got that from because it's all city. But um, <laughs> he decided to get his, uh, the corn. They had corn on the cob. They grilled corn on the cob. Mm, so good. I know. But uh, some of the corn on the cob that he purchased from this quote unquote local farmer uh, had an infestation in it, okay, of, oh, of bugs, which he decided to store this in their restaurant for a week before the party. Oh, no, that's not good. No. So, I mean, we're just adding to this premium situation. But that, those bugs caused a big infestation in their restaurant. So as this is all happening, financial bills and inflant, like, um, infestation uh the bills are piling up now they have to have uh their restaurant closed they have to have it all she was like we're just gonna have to close it for a week because they had two complaints of people seeing bugs in their food can't have that i mean oh hell no you can't so i apologize that i forgot that little tidbit um but i just got way too into the story but anyways um <laughs> that happened after the party and then he had the surprise surgery. So then the restaurant has already been closed for a week. Now he had to go have the surgery. Now they're coming back and the restaurant has to be closed for two weeks while he has his quote unquote recovery time, which is where he's smoking all the devil's lettuce that he doesn't have money to pay for. Now I think we're caught up. We're good. I think so. We're good. All right. We're good. All right. Okay. So she's getting more and more pissed off. She's calling her family. She's saying literally he isn't doing fucking shit. He doesn't want to do anything and he can't pay for anything. I don't know what to do. So dad tells her, why don't you sell the car? They have a Lincoln. She's like, okay. Okay. I'm kind of desperate. And he goes, yeah, you know, you can borrow my car and then we'll, we'll figure it out. You know, I, I'm sorry. I don't have anything to like help you out with, but we'll figure it out. So Aww. she told her family. Thanks, daddy. Right. So she told her family. Well, I mean, she's selling her own car. So she told her family that's the game plan, and and that's what she did. Um, so she's dedicated to making it work work out, right? To to save her fucking livelihood and her her marriage and her family, and you know, I mean, Phoenix Rising here, right? But okay, so they had that conversation. It was a pretty big one, and then Patty's family doesn't hear from her for one, two, three days. Which is oh no unlikely, especially in her mental state where she needs to vent. Like, this is weird. Yeah. Um, On the daily, at, they've been hearing from her. At multiple times, especially her sister. And her dad, like, was waiting for, like, you know, the play-by-play -play on, hey, did you sell the Lincoln? What went on? Like, do I need to, you know, sell some of my things to help you out? You know what I mean? Like, he was, he was concerned. Yeah. And so after a few days, dad said, all right, we're going to go, we're going to just go do a wellness check. Let's, let's check on her. I mean, maybe she, you know, they were thinking, oh my God, what if she's gotten into depression? What, you know, they didn't know they were thinking the worst. So him mm. and, uh, Patty's sister drive up and they get to the restaurant, which is on the front, the house is in the back and they're looking in the windows and they don't see anything. Everything's turned off and it was weird. They're like, okay, well. I mean, the restaurant's been closed. Kip's kind of out of it. Maybe he's back in the house. So they, right. you know, started knocking on windows and went around to the side. And then all of a sudden, Kip comes out of nowhere, really, like, oddly just walking through the yard and says, oh, hey, guys. Hey. Like, really lackadaisical. Like, no big deal. 
And they're like, um, where the fuck is Patty? You know, where's my daughter? What's going on? And Kip was just like, oh, we had a fight. Um, she's really mad. And she took my car. And Patty's sister's like, nah, that's bullshit. Because I just had a conversation with her two days ago. And she's told me all the stuff that's going on, Kip. Like, don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. Where's my sister? And he's like, oh, well, she was definitely in the car today. And she said, that's not what I asked you. And she goes, I know that you don't have the car anymore. Like, where, where's, our, where's my sister? And he's like, she ran off with another man. You know, he's just like lackadaisical, <laughs> just like giving these like <laughs> bullshit answers that don't make any sense. So, I mean, amen to Patty's fucking sister, because she goes out to the car, gets on her fucking phone and calls the cops, as she should. Yeah. You know? Right. I would be doing the exact same thing. Because, I mean, at the very least, even if his story was true, she got pissed, took the car and left. It's still been two days and she doesn't not talk to her sister or her dad for two days. It's not going to happen. Yep. Exactly. So the sheriff's deputy, they're dispatched to the location. He gets there and he's a a newer deputy. He's not like fresh Mm. out the gate green as fuck, but like, you know, within the first couple of years. So he's looking around the restaurant. Um, Mind you, the lights are all off in the restaurant at that time because i mean it hasn't been working for at least three weeks um he doesn't see any trace of like anything really like no trace of patty um he you know kind of has a a little conversation with kip says you know what's been going on like we're doing a wellness check patty's sister wants to know you know where's your car at just asking random shit and yeah kip's like oh she took the car she's mad at me and she left so his answers were not exactly the same that he gave Patty's family, but they were like almost shittier, <laughs> like to the cops. It was just, I mean, very right. like, like two, three words, period. That's it. You know, just cut and dry. Not going not gonna to tell you any sort of details because I don't want them to get muddied up, it seems like. Right. And we already know that that whole story is fucking bullshit. So the officer's like, right. Um, how about I take a look around the restaurant? And, you know, just to because Patty's sister. Meanwhile, okay, so the location of this, it is in like if you're driving down the street, that it's like across the it's a small side street where that building is located. And then across the street, there's almost like a triangular like um parking lot that has a real estate bu- business in it. So it's like okay. I don't know, it's weird. It kind of like it, it, the you go to a fork in the road, if that makes sense. Like a fork and then like Kips is on one side of that street and then there's another side. But there's like a, a parking lot in the, in the middle in that little like V of the fork. Oh. Okay. Okay. So pa- um, yeah. Patty's sister is hiding out in the, the little fork parking lot. And she's, she's in the V. Right. Got it. And she's, you know, <laughs> watching, seeing it. And, and he kind of like looks over and he's like, well, uh, like, you know, let me take a look around. Let me see. Blah, blah, blah. And he said that he walked into the back of the apartment and something felt fucking off. It was weird. He didn't know what it was, but something was weird. So he is step. He's like, let me step outside and go take a look around in the yard and calls a supervisor as he should. I mean, good on you, dude. Like, I'm glad that you were doing something right. right. So not too long after that, the supervisor shows up and he also brings a detective with him. And this is Detective oh, yeah. Fiaro. And they returned. They're kind of looking around a little bit. And they said, okay, well, thank you. You know, uh, we have another call we got to go out on. And we'll be back in a little bit. And they give him a time. They said, I'm sorry. You know, we got, we got a, a couple other things to do. You know, just acting like it's no big deal. We're, we're just going to come and finish up the report, have you sign some papers in a couple hours or whatever time. So they hmm. do that. So tip, or Kip goes on with his fucking life. And they decide to show up a little early and do some surveillance over from that little parking lot across like the from the, up in the cut yeah um so they sit there for a couple minutes you know and, and it says like in the report like three four minutes go by and all of a sudden they see kip's ass like walking out the back of the the rest or the back of the, i guess it'd be the like side door of the restaurant you know just walking okay. um like no big fucking deal uh around the corner of the building with a white box in his hands so he walks oh. around, which is that's on the left hand side of the building. He, so he comes out in front of the building and then goes into across to the other side of the building. 
um, and walks around the back of the neighbor's house. Okay. So he makes a big, like, you oh, know. Okay. Visual thing here. He's going around the back. Yeah. You know, the, na- the like. He's drawing attention to himself. Yeah. With a white Amazon box. And then he <laughs> walks back out and um, there, where the fuck did the box go? There's no trash back there. Your trash is clearly in the front where it's visible. Like Kip comes back out. No box. Doesn't look around. Doesn't act like, oh my God, somebody watching me. Nothing. So they're wow. like, they're like, all right, all right. It's time to go fucking talk to Kip here. So they, you know, they yeah. strap up and uh, go up to his house. And they said in the reports that Kip was very nervous. He was very jumpy, but he does not sway from the story that he initially gives. So he is very stuck on the fa- fact that like Patty was pissed. She left. She took the car. He doesn't know where she is. I don't know what to tell you. Almost like not to an angered point, but it was very rehearsed and like, you know, like he's given on a show. Yeah. here. Yeah. Um, wouldn't he do that if he had like a brain injury and he needed to like really think about what he had to say to. Right. Like saying it over and over again in the mirror to get it just right. Exactly. So Fiera mm. said to him, like, listen, Kip. We know you don't have the car anymore, okay? Like, he just blatantly said, we know you don't have the car. We know you have financial problems, and Patty sold the car. And he just looks at him. Kip went white-faced silent and said nothing. So he went from being, like, a jittery crackhead to nothing, standing there, staring at him. Oh, damn. And Fierro said that Kip was very rehearsed and very careful with his answers like very very careful you know so kip finally says okay you guys can come into the restaurant because at this time they're out front of the door and he's inside so the detective Mm -hmm. they walk into the restaurant they make him turn on the lights and the detective immediately immediately sees blood drippings on um a bunch of newspapers that are right beside the pizza oven uh, there was also a pan, and this is quoted from the um, court documents, a pan of cooked material in the sink, unidentified cooked material. We interrupt your regularly scheduled debauchery to talk to you about some other cool cats. Hi, I'm Sean McCabe. And I'm Carrie McCabe. We are, well, married, obviously, (laughs) but we're also obsessed with the darker side of things. True crime stories, alien abductions, poltergeists. If it leaves you scratching your head and keeping those lights on at night, we want to hear about it. That's why we host the podcast Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie. Every week, we bring our listeners a true story guaranteed to send chills down your spine, from history's most brutal serial killers to the mystery of spontaneous human combustion. Yep, lots of these stories leave unanswered questions behind, and you'll get to poke through the rubble of the evidence with a hardened skeptic and... Someone whose mind is more open to fun. Yeah, that's what I was going to (laughs) say. The show really feels like just kicking back with us at home and chatting about monsters and tragedies, but having a few laughs along the way. Uh, just like we'd be doing if the mics were off, frankly. <laughs> you can find Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie wherever you get your podcasts and on social media at Ain't It Scary. Come play with us. Forever and ever and ever. What do you think? Their links are in the description, so go check them out, you turkeys. Time to agitate the gravel and get back to Coolsville. In the sink. Uh. With the water running on top of it. I can only imagine what that actually looks like. But, I mean, anybody that's worked in a restaurant, you know that big-ass sink that's like you do all the dishes in that's near the, oh, cooked material. Yes. Yes. So, I... Yeah. I mean, and also, like, those who have worked in law enforcement know certain smells. And, like, any documentary you watch, they tell you when you've smelled a certain thing, you don't forget it. You can't unsmell it. Right. So the other deputy that was with him went over and turned off the running water because he's thinking, okay, you know, crime scene. Like, we got to protect whatever we can. Preserve it. Yeah. Yeah. And he said it was an overwhelming 
stench of burnt flesh when he turned that water off. So of the cooked material that was in the sink. He also noticed that there was scraps of charred flesh on the edge of the countertop that was near their like prep area. What the fuck, Kip? Right. I know exactly. I I heard this story before and I'm still like, what the fuck, Kip? Well, I've got a little more information this time around too, but um Right. But this was enough like for them to just be, you know, sick. This set them off. They were like, all right, we need to go, we need to find what's in the fucking box. What's in the box? <laughs> like what's in the what's box? What's in the box? <laughs> right. So one guy, I think it was Fiera, stayed there. Fierro stayed there. And the other guy decided he was going to go find out the, where the box is, you know, and kind of talk like, you know, right. play a little uh, whatever here. So they finally found the box. It was on the neighbor's back porch. This house was abandoned, apparently up for sale. So nobody was there. But, the, mm. you know, they had this Amazon package on the back of their their porch. Yeah. Uh, in, right. Inside the box was a scarred, charred, severed head. Um, while he was back there, they also noticed a 30 gallon trash bag, uh, that was inside of a trash can, like right near the entrance of the house in that back yard area. The, okay. And when no they, good. No, when, no good. when they went into the house, they said it smelled so much like weed as if like they were trying to out, you know, cover smells of something else. Like it wasn't like oh, oh we shit. just we just smoked out. It was like they he left it burning to try and be slick. What you know? What I mean? That's for for somebody who had brain surgery. That was that's a powerful smell. You know. Well, I mean, you know, it, it makes you question like how much of this really is off um, in his brain, anyways. Yep. So you know, they Fiero's like you know let's. Uh, Gives them a kind of a look and says, let's go walk outside because they're going to have a, uh, a little conversation to kind of see what their next yeah. move is. And they go out. They make a little game plan. They return less than two minutes later. So they find Kip sprawled out spread eagle all over his living room floor as like a dead corpse looking weirdo. And <laughs> they, they say, so Kip, we want to let you know we found the box. And we opened it and he snaps up like a bat out of hell, just jerks himself off that floor and gives them this blank stare and says, it said in the court documents, he screams out, you're trying to trick me. And then he freaked out, got up acting irrational and was just like moving around like a bat out of hell. That is so bizarre. Well, surprise, Kip. Um... (laughs) They're not fucking around. So they decided to charge him with first degree murder at this point. Read him his rights. And it's time to take a trip, Kip, (laughs) out of this fucking house. Yeah. So they, uh, after he's taken into custody, they they conduct a 12-hour search of his property and found a whole sorts of treasures. So here we, let's dive in. They sprayed the property with luminol and they said that the kitchen was overwhelming um the glow was so strong you didn't need lights on to see every little detail in that kitchen christ the pathologist said that there was too few remains to decipher the actual cause of death but the theory was that there was a blunt forced injury into the head which Mm. they assume was in the living room just because of where the blood spatter was and how he moved furniture to lay over top of where the blood spatter was. Like it was evident that he cleaned it up and then moved furniture over top of it. Oh, okay. So, but then um, their theory is that he put her in a sleeping bag and drug her to the restaurant and that's where he dismembered her, you know, and uh, continued. So he did a real shitty cleanup job in the apartment, moved the furniture, like I said, to cover the stains. Uh, Patty's DNA was found all over. Everywhere. It was down in the grout. It was down in the grout of like all of the restaurant tiles on the floor. Ugh. It was all over the house. It, the restaurant was literally covered. There was some on the ceiling. Jesus. Um, it obviously was embedded in his fingernails also. Yep. They also recovered a 
another trash bag. They already had the one. So they have another trash bag with 40 pounds of bone and flesh shoved into the trash bag. Wow. He dismembered her. He then baked her, then broiled her, and cooked her remains after that. Jeez. And he he um, admits later that he cooked her for about 40 hours. Ew, dude, what the fuck? It's still gross. Yeah, and okay, so they obviously questioned neighbors. They questioned employees at this yeah. time. So they went and talked to his dishwasher uh, kid, and he made the statement that he didn't know uh, how Kip could have ever done this. You know, maybe it was the brain surgery that must have messed him up real bad. Okay. Mm. His neighbors, the two neighbors on the side that, you know, the house wasn't for sale or the head box didn't find itself. Okay. Um, they all collectively said that they never shown, you know, they never showed signs of fighting. They were such a happy couple, blah, blah, blah. They always you know? are. Yeah. Right. So Kip's in custody. He gets checked out by the psychiatrist. And um, the psychiatrist says, you know, I mean, even like undergoing all these like injuries, this and that, like he's still competent to stand trial. You know, he's yeah. fucking nutty, but he's not, you know, insane, I guess. So a man named Joseph Phillip aids in his case uh, as his defense attorney. And I, if you guys are into true crime, please look up Joseph Phillip uh, and his uh endeavors post this case in the political matters of jackson i you will be thoroughly entertained i'll tell you that oh man fucking idiot but regardless that's for another day multiple doctors say his memory diminished and he needs help to like you know be coached or remembered things from his past whatever which happens with a brain and a brain injury you know um, right it does right so, you know, that's, eh, whatever. It's not a solid case, but, you know, it's not, it, it's good to, to have that, I guess, you know, in, right. in his pocket. He still needs to, you know, load his gun for the case. You know, he's sitting in, in jail trying to grasp at all straws. So he decides to call upon Father Shaver to pay him a visit. And Father Shaver says that Arts full confessed to him that he says he didn't know that it was Patty. Okay, oh. this is where she gets real different. So he kept referring to Patty, and this is recorded because it's in jail. You know, I mean, everything's recorded. Right. Kip kept referring to Patty as an it. He kept I didn't know it was Patty. It, it, it. And it was just really bizarre. And mm. Kip, Kip describes to the father that he remembers being jolted awake out of a, a slumber, terrified. And he had a strong sense that Patty wasn't real. So he just like freaked out, woke up and was like, saw his wife there of, you know, over 12 years and was like, oh, she's not real. That's fake. In Kip's words, he did kill Patty, but it wasn't Patty. He woke up and he was freaked out and there was a demon in the shape of his wife before him. It was the devil. But after Patty died, miraculously, the demon scurried out of her body and went somewhere else. Lord knows. And then the one that was dead on the floor was Patty. Mm, That's legit I'm, his fucking defense in court documents. Not fucking too solid, bro. Not no. solid at all. He tried to put it on the menu and no one's fucking buying it. Okay. I'm not. Right. <laughs> no. So here we have Kip, you know, with a solid marriage. A nice business, zero fucking priors, had brain surgery. Two weeks later, he's making his wife, you know, into a fucking taco meat, Jeez. delivering her head, you know, like an Amazon fucking person next door. I mean, if this wasn't enough fucking shit show, the prosecution brought up that seven years prior in 1994, ooh, 94 was a good year, um, <laughs> Patty actually hired counsel for you know divorce counsel oh. because all those neighbors that said like they had such a great marriage this is the shit that i found out that i didn't report in the first one so they said you know oh you know we just want to be on fucking tv you know whatever they had right. such a great marriage as they as they always do it was a great family until it wasn't you know we've all heard it before exactly Same old song a million again. million times well these are fucking court documents and they said that no she wanted out Seven years before this. Um, wow. And 
she her reason for filing was because she was being constantly mentally and physically abused by Kip, like constantly. Prosecution also claimed that Patty told her friend Kip also tried to suffocate her with a pillow on numerous occasions. And there was actual where she called the cops and made reports, you know, because she's trying to load her case for a divorce. I get it. Good job for you, Patty. Yeah, no shit. I'm getting assaulted. I'm calling the cops. Like, duh. Patty also sought out multiple different... um, He obviously had never been in any trouble before, but at this point, weed was not legal in Michigan, and he was smoking a lot of it and spending a lot of their money on it. So, you know, she talked to counselors. She talked to whoever she could to make these reports. So there was actual reports of him and his over-excessive, you know, pot usage, you know? Okay. I mean, she did what she could. And good for her for, like, making, you know, a paper trail. I'm glad they found those, too. Like, you know, what happened to this beautiful all-American family love fest we have going on? They literally had tons of problems. (laughs) Right. Uh, Also, there was a police report, um, just a domestic report, that uh, apparently he broke her phone or broke a phone. And then after that, it was written in a journal that her sister turned in. Thank God for her family, too. I mean, they were like, yeah. thank God for them. Uh, which was lots of writings on different occasions where Patty was not allowed to talk on the phone unless Kip was present. There were oh, certain no, things honey. she was allowed to say. I mean, like, super controlling, right? Wow, fuck uh, that. But the kicker of all these, like, marital disputes that they had going on was over the fucking pig roast. Remember that big pig roast with the... Oh, the, yeah, the little shindig. The, the corn. Yeah. Party so. like it's 1999 shit. <laughs> Right. So it was 99. It was 99. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So apparently 90s before the, you know, the big or uh, 90s before he went into surgery, you know, he Kip had that big pig roast. You know, Patty was fucking livid that he was spending all this money. And, you know, I already told you guys about. Oh, well, never mind. I found in my notes where I was going to tell you guys about the uh, infestation with the bugs. (laughs) I was like, damn, I didn't even say that shit. All right. So. All right. They have the infestation, right? Obviously, mom and pop shop, they had to close down their restaurant. They don't got a lot of fucking money. They're having problems. So they decide that they're going to be, you know, fucking orkin men and take care of that infestation on their own. Okay, good on them. You know, I mean, if you can save a couple of bucks by getting some raid, I I mean, do it. Do what you got to do. But here's where it gets a little wonky. So while they were fumigating their business and their home to try and get their, their shit back up for business. Mm-hmm. Um, Kip claims that Patty took the, well, we're just going to call it raid. It didn't say in there what it was. The pesticide. fumigation stuff, pesticide, and twice blew it right in his face. Just stood there and blew it right in his face. Like just, you know, push the button and let it go. So, okay. Because, uh, I mean, I guess the first time he didn't run away, I don't, I don't fucking know. Like, come on. Come on, yeah, bro. What are you, like, what are you a glutton for punishment? No. If someone I sprays guess. pesticides in my face, I'm gone. <laughs> right. And, and then to stand there for a second time? Okay. Anyways, sure. but this, this, this was the incident. That's what triggered his hemorrhage in his brain. Mm. This is what caused his mental diagnosis. This, Patty did this. She did this. No, honey. You know? <laughs> Not only was this brain tumor 100% Patty's fault because she sprayed him with bug spray. He told this to tens of people. I mean, he told everybody. He told everybody that went to visit him in jail. He told everybody he could scream it to while he was incarcerated. He told, it's on tape at the jail. He told fucking everybody. Every phone call he had. He would not let this shit go. He was literally obsessed with patty did this to him twice and caused him to have that brain surgery. he caused that caused the end of their business that i mean she was just the cause of everything she's the cause of all their problems right so here's another um account that was in the uh, court documents when kip had his first like post-op appointment with his doctor that he, and this has been the guy that did his surgery, like his post-op doctor was his doctor since he was 15. Okay. So he's oh. got the full fucking history. All right. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's been, he's been around. His doctor said that when he checked him out from the post-surgery, 
physically everything was great you know he had a really good solid you know no infection nothing it was good his um communication his verbal everything like seemed well he you know he gave him a clean bill of health however he said he could not get him to stop talking about how patty caused this it was like he was obsessed patty is 100 percent to blame of his tumor so he the doctor printed out he said i printed out over 20 pages of what the procedure was exactly what happened he explained in verbatim his entire medical chart and said this happens this happened you know it can be hereditary but it's not something that is brought upon by any action you can't just get hit in the head and this happens you can't be sprayed with pesticide that's not how this happens this just happens you know it's he said unfortunately it's traumatic but it's extremely extremely common you know yeah common so someone someone feels guilty it seems but he didn't listen he said he took so much time in explaining these things to him and he did not listen and this was actually just a couple days this appointment was a couple days prior to the murder wow so back to the court case in addition to this prosecutor's quote-unquote evidence uh of you know marital discord or whatever that he put in there um because because he got sprayed in the face with pesticide um (laughs) kip talked to a man named david this is oh if you didn't already say what the fuck this is your what the fuck moment all right okay i'm ready so we're gonna end this on a what the fuck so he he talked to a man named david whining and wanted to ask him quote what if patty would were to come up missing that was his exact question. What? Kip asked Whining, or Whiting if he knew anyone that could make this happen for him. What the fuck? See? Okay. Yep. You got me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, So he didn't get the answer. That was like his friend. And it was like, uh, you know, he was like, all right, bro. That's cool. Gotta go. You know, bye. Right. So I can, I can hear Kip, my dishes washing done. Right. I gotta go. Right. <laughs> Right. So Kip decides to, you know, get a second opinion on somebody he trusts. So he decides to take a guy out to the bar named Virgil Wirebaugh. Um, oh, good old Virgil. And, yeah. And so, you know, he buys him a beer, sits him down, and he, and he says, you know, Patty really knows how to push my buttons. And oh. Virgil's like, oh, yeah, okay. You know? The old ball and chain. Like, oh. oh, yeah. Right. Like, like, okay, obviously this guy, you know, needs to bitch about his wife. As a lot of people do, it's fine. You know, vent it out. So then he says, have you ever got so upset at your wife that you just, you would do anything to kill her or have her be killed or pay for her to be killed? No, you uh, psychopath. Wh- <laughs> um, and then Wireball obviously didn't answer. And he just looks at him and he goes, so you know how much that would cost? Jesus. And Again, he didn't answer. Do you want to know why he didn't answer? Because that's fucking Patty's stepdad. Stepdad. Patty's fucking stepdad. Why are you talking to her stepdad about, hey, you know, your daughter really knows how to push my buttons. You know how I could fucking kill her? You know who anybody would do that? Or how much are they going to cost? What? Fucking idiot. What a wackadoodle, man. Are you you trying to take a hit out (laughs) on her? Like, what? From her dad. Oh, my goodness. Like, oh, my. So... He also testified that Kip reached out after his surgery and complained that Patty treated him like a child and, you know, pissed him off and he just couldn't take it anymore. And they also said during the trial that 20 years prior to Kip asked a bunch of questions to his work buddies before they had the, you know, uh, so 20 years prior. So they had been married at this point. This is like 14 years so we're thinking 20 years so this is obviously we're dating so obviously they dated like you know five years ish before they got mm-hmm. married right so and this was his previous work buddies that he was asking them asking them a bunch of questions on how to get away with murder basically or Dude. like hey hey how how would you do it and when you know i mean kip was obviously fishing for let me just tell you how i would do it and kip described to these co-workers in perfect detail of how to conduct the most perfect murder. And sure. this is what he said. And it, he said that he would boil the meat first so that way it wouldn't smell. 
Then he would broil it and then he would bake it for at least 40 hours to where it was completely disintegrated. Then he could get rid of it and no one would even know. Oh, 20 years, you say. Right, right. Ah. Throughout the whole trial, I mean, Kip was literally read for filth by these amazing attorneys, these amazing prosecutors. I mean, it, it just, the court documents are on the internet. Look them up. It's, I mean, they just really did a chef's kiss job on making him look like the asshat that he truly is. Right. But, you know, of course, the defense had, like, multiple testimonies. They just had a bunch of fucking asshat parade up there with... <laughs> I mean, shit to say, it wasn't premeditated when it clearly fucking was, you know? 20 years prior. Yeah, I would right. say exactly the way that he did what he did, which is absolutely horrendous. And then to just, like, say it, like, casually, all nonchalant. What the actual fuck? So my last statement on the whole matter is it's a big thing in Jackson. If you answer the phone, you're supposed to say, Kip's Tacos, and everybody fucking there knows it. Wow. Because it was rumored that he did get rid of, allegedly got rid of, some of the meat that he couldn't put inside those trash bags to the customers to try and make some money. Uh, yeah, there's Reddit posts about that. There's lots of shit going around about that. But if wow. you ask anybody that lives in the Jackson area, they know the story well. My message to Kip is, bro, you literally... Boiled down your wife into a fucking reduction sauce, and you want to claim still in all these appeals later since ninety nine that you did this on a whim because you got some fucking bug spray in your eyes. I'm calling your bullshit, and I hope yeah. that you fry and rot in jail, and we're all gonna smoke one for you. Sorry, that's so <laughs> like, terrible. I, that's Jackson, Michigan, guys. That's Jackson, Michigan. Yikes. Yikes, Jackson. Uh, <laughs> I know. I, I have questions, and I don't know if I'd ever get the answers to, but I'm curious to hear your take on this. So when you okay. were telling me about the 20 years ago and how he said he would, you know, uh, conduct the perfect murder if, as you so put it, I bet he thought about it every single day. He thought about that, My, what he said every single day, and talked it into existence. I want to know why the fuck he thought about it 20 years before, and then he continued to marry her, he continued to buy a house and build a business with her. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Right. Like, build a whole-ass life. It's um, so fucking wild. Like, the he's a long con artist, maybe? That's That's what it seems like to me. And, I mean, I'm pretty open about, you know... Like a lot of true crime fans are like, I mean, we always think things. I mean, a lot of us are really eclectic in the fact that like we we think things out. We're like, oh, I wonder what makes them tick. Or, you know, I've joked about if I was going to be a serial killer, I would do it like the movie The Strangers. You know, I would, you know, that stand back and like stalk somebody type of thing, because that is most terrifying to me. But I've never once said I'm I think I could get rid of a body this way let alone talk about it with people. I don't know. It's just not even something that I like being so deep into this like genre. I just don't, I don't know. That ain't fucking conversation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. It's real. It, it hits real different when someone is actually like has a serious tone to their voice. You're like, mm, I'm leaving like exit stage left. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Cause there's no way in yeah. hell I'm going to, toss back a couple cold ones with this guy while he's talking about taking a hit out or fucking baking someone at 350 degrees for 40 to 45 hours. There's no fucking way. Right. It just, I don't know. It's just, it's diabolical. It's really, really fucked up. And what's another thing that's interesting that um, my ex actually told me, because she's from Jackson, that he's not the only one in Jackson that has had a similar story. There is actually another guy who is quite younger I cannot remember his name, but he's blonde. And I never looked into that case because uh, just look up beheadings in Jackson. And he's a young guy. He's blonde. His eyes are something that I had to literally wipe out of my brain because I couldn't even I couldn't even read the article. It was oh. his face. His, I can't. I, I just I can't. 
Liter- so, literally cannot. And that's that's hard. I mean, that's unusual for me. You know, I'm all about like deep diving into people, but no, his uh uh-uh. uh kind of no. Too, it's a little know. too much, huh? It's it's, it's the stare. Very much too much. It's it's the the emptiness, you know, mm-hmm. the, the the lack of humanity in his eyes, probably, huh? It it literally gave me the same chills as like Jim Jones laughing and Nanny Doss laughing, and we are definitely going to talk about those on a later episodes. But I'm just uh, ugh, ugh, I can't even. <laughs> right, there's just some that get under your skin, and you can't help it. But I mean, there's their stories are out there, and you know. We're going to tell them. So, uh, you know, uh, we had fun doing all of these little mini episodes, too, that we actually are. Re- we're releasing stuff willy nilly lately, which it is what it is. But you're going to hear some, you know, folklore stuff and some haunted and spooky stuff. Maybe some asylum things. Maybe, you know, a little bit of a, a travel guide tour, if you will, on some of our. We've got some mini- cool shit planned. we got some yeah. cool shit planned. So we're just going to leave it at this. Remember the code of the Midwest. Don't talk to the owner of the restaurant. And definitely wash your hands after you go to the bathroom. Lock your doors and don't order fucking tacos from Jackson, Michigan. We'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.